Yeah. Okay, I want to just make a couple announcements. So uh, next month, September, uh, Isabel and Thawin are going to be here. So they're going to be here the uh, 15th, 16th, and 17th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we have asked her if she would consider uh, teaching our class on that Sunday afternoon. Um, but we haven't got an answer yet. So if she doesn't, then we're going to cancel the class so that we can participate and she can prophesy and stay as long as she wants to on Sunday ministering to the body. Um, but I do want her to particularly minister to this class. So if you'll just be praying about that, I would love for her to come and just sit and, and feed us and teach the class. Um, that would be wonderful. But that's going to be totally up to her. So we're waiting to hear back. Pastor Ina went ahead and texted her again today. So we'll just see what she says. If not, then I want her to individually prophesy to our team as a group. So we'll see. Either way, we'll, we'll take it. So we, we love the Lord and we love Isabel and we honor the prophets when they come into the house. Amen. All right. So we're going to get back into our lesson. We're going to do an activation after class, um, after the teaching is over. And it's going to be a corporate activation. That's why the tables are set up in the back. And we started in July, session 12, chapter 13. And so we uh, talked about last month about prophets, their positions and their privileges um, as one of the fivefold ascension gifts. And I love how uh, Pastor Pius says we were priests first <laughs> and that we are priests. It was a powerful message. So my sisters, you weren't here in our, in our Sunday morning service, but I would really encourage you to ask for this CD and get the lesson today. Um, if not, you can, if you have Podbean, do you have Podbean on your phones? It's an app that you can download and you can get it. But Pastor Pius's message today was beautiful. So you can see me or um, Pastor Tim and Pastor Diane in the back booth, and they can show you how to, how to download Podbean for our church, and then you can get our messages since you don't normally come on a Sunday. Yeah. All right. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this lesson today. Father, I thank you for the great teacher coming in here. Father, I thank you, Lord. Um, for your Holy Spirit, and I thank you, Father, that each one of us would take away from this class exactly what you would have us to take away. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start. We left off in your books. Um, that's 80, page 86 in your book, I believe. And we stopped at, you'll know them by their fruit. So do you all have that? You're looking in your book. Do I need to go back, back in the chapter to, to fill in something for you? Is everybody good? We're up to date up to this point. I didn't do the fill-ins. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's what we're starting today. Yep. That's what we're starting today. I said 85, right? Okay. So we'll know them by their fruit. Yes. All right. So um, the only way a fivefold minister's calling can be determined is by a revelation from God. That's your first fill-in. But let me just stop there. I'm going to read you something real quick. This is not in our lesson, but I'm just going to go there. Um, if you have your Bible, you can turn there with me. Um, but Ephesians uh, chapter 1. I'm just going to encourage you with something real quick. Mm. Ephesians chapter 1. So this was Paul. And Paul was, it was a greeting to the church at Ephesus. And Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. And so Paul was called by the will of God. And look at your neighbor and say, I'm called. So it doesn't matter whether you have one of the ascension gifts or not. You're called. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called. 
So it doesn't matter whether you attended Bible school or seminary or um, doesn't matter how much school you master's degree, bachelor's degree, PhD. It doesn't matter. You don't need those things to be called of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called of God. Amen. So you don't have to be super spiritual. You just be yourself. But God has placed a, a special calling on each one of us. Amen. All right. I just want to encourage you with that today. All right. So the only way a fivefold minister's calling can be determined by is a revelation from God. So you'll know in your, in your knower if you're called to do something. You're going to know it because God is going to stir that up on the inside of you. Holy Spirit will come and give you a revelation of that, you know. Um, for me, it started when I was really young. So um, some of you might have heard this story before, but uh, I was, I think I must have been about the third grade, Mom. I was about third grade, right? Um, and I wanted a chalkboard. I mean, I, and I just didn't want a little chalkboard. I wanted the chalkboard on the stand. And so I said to my mom, I said, don't give me the little chalkboard. I want the chalkboard on the stand because I wanted to play school. And so I woke up that Christmas morning and I had this chalkboard and it was bigger than me, you know, and I could stand at this chalkboard and I could write on this chalkboard and I wanted to be the teacher. So my friends would come and they would sit down and I'd make little chairs for them and they'd sit down and I would be the teacher and I would be writing on the chalkboard. And so I always wanted to, to be there. And then there was something else I always wanted to do. So I was born and raised a Catholic. And so my friends would come over and we would play church. <laughs> so if they're coming to my house, we weren't playing Barbie dolls. We were playing church. <laughs> so and the only kind of church I knew was the Catholic church, you know. So we put on my mom's clothes, long, and they looked like long robes on us, you know. And um, I'd go get one of the wine glasses and break up some bread. And, and I would give communion to my friends, you know. And uh, my mom gave us names, Hildegard and Hagatha, crazy names, you know, she gave us. And so I had to, I was Hildegard. I later found out that there was a Hildegard uh, Birgitta in Germany, and she used to, back in the eight, no, back in the 1500s, and she used to sing over the Rhine River. And she prophetically sang. Yeah, so there was a Hildegard. Anyway, so I was named Hildegard. And so my friends would want to give communion, but I'd say, no, you're at my house. And so my house, I give communion, and I'm the one that teaches because it's my house, you know. Uh, the Lord has since changed me since those days. But I always had a hunger in my spirit, in my knower, before I even knew the Lord. I wanted to do something for him. I wanted to teach. I wanted to do something. And so here I am today. So God will put something in your knower. He'll give you a revelation of that. You'll know what you're called to do. And if you don't know what you're called to do, ask him. Say, Lord, what am I called? What specific thing am I called to do? Amen? Okay. So the only way a fivefold minister's calling can be determined is by a revelation from God and training for that ministry. So when I first had uh, a word given to me back in 1983, um, I was pregnant with my daughter, Tanya. I had a word given to me that um, I needed to come out of a bushel. I was hidden in this, bu in this bushel, I needed to come out, and that there was a prophetic call on my life. Well, I didn't know what that was. 1985, my daughter Tasha was born, and a year later I moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and the word came to me again that I was going to minister prophetically. So, and I didn't understand that back then. I, I knew it was a gift of the Spirit, but I didn't know what it was. So I gave myself to that. So I began to search out people who prophesied. And I began to search out Dr. Bill Hammond, and I began to search out people that could train me and that could teach me because at that moment, I didn't have anybody around me that was really prophesying. 
So when I left Fayetteville Community Church, I went to upstate New York, and I attended a, a, a beautiful church there. And my, the pastors in that church recognized that gift on my life. But I didn't know how to flow in that gift because I knew I had it, and, and I, but I didn't know how to use it. And so um, they would help me. They would take me places, and they would nudge me, and they would get me to go out and get me to speak. And, um, and finally, the prophetic began to flow. When I had confidence and I had trained, trained in that, it began to flow from me. So um, Samuel had that gift of training the prophets. And so we all need to be trained. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to be trained. Okay. And so this, I think, is really important is the fruit that is produced. So that's your next fill-in. So the only way a fivefold minister's calling can be determined is by revelation from God, number one. Number two, training for that ministry. And three, fruit that is produced. And that comes out of Matthew 7 and verse 16, where Jesus says, and you'll know them by my fruit. Okay. So um, an example that Dr. Bill Hammond gives, um, he goes on to say, some are, some are saying that all apostles will be pastors of a large successful churches and have several ministers and churches who look up to them as their apostle pastor. However, the apostle Paul, um, after 30-something years in ministry, never stayed as a pastor more than two to three years. He traveled all over the world as an apostolic missionary, evangelized and left, left the converts to the local synagogue and set up eldership over the congregations that he had birthed. In contrast, James, the Apostle James, pastored the church in Jerusalem, and he never traveled beyond his local area. He stayed right there. So sometimes we can put an apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist into a box, and we limit them by saying, this is what you can do. And so how many ever heard that the apostolic anointing, those who just raise up churches? Yeah, but you can have more, like Pastor Pius's message today. He's first a priest unto God, so you can have more than just that. The fivefold ascension ministry gifts can flow in every gift. Um, so, and you can see that with with Paul, and we can see that with James. So, uh, can prophets govern and be heads of ministry? Remember, last month we talked about. Um, I'm gonna go back and see if I can find it. Uh, we talked about the basis of these two extremes. Some people, apostles govern, prophets guide, pastors guard. That's in the, in the first part of this chapter in your book. Um, evangelists gather and teachers ground. Remember we talked about not limiting them to just that because um, apostles can pastor. Evangelists can pastor. Teachers can pastor. Um, we all can do those things, so we shouldn't put the apostolic anointing or the prophetic anointing into a box, because they can certainly do more than that. Okay, so um, can prophets govern and be heads of ministry? If the one-word descriptions of the fivefold minister's role um, were allowed to become literal limitations rather than suggestive uh, descriptions, then pastors could guard the church, but not senior ministers in headship to govern the church. Pastors could guard. Are they? Are these fill-ins in your book? Okay, let me go slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'll slow down. Okay. So um, then pastors, I think that's your first fill-in. Then pastors could guard the church, but not be senior ministers and headship to govern the church. So in other words, he's, he's getting to a point here where we don't limit the gifts, of, the gifts and the, um, 
ascension gifts. Pastors could guard the sheep, but not ground them in the word of God and church life. Apostles could govern, but not until the prophets guided them in what to govern. So you can see how they're put, uh, sometimes the church puts um, restrictions on what the ministry can do um, and how to govern it. Thus, we can see the unscriptural and practical nature of such limiting notions of the fivefold ministries. So we don't want to limit them because apostles can guide, they can teach, they can prophesy. So can evangelists, so can teachers, pastors can. So we don't just limit them to one thing. Does that make sense? I'm going to go back over the fill-ins again. So then pastors could guard the church. And the next one is um, senior ministers and headship to govern the church. And then the next one is pastors could guard the sheep but not ground them. Now that's crazy, right? So we want pastors to ground the sheep, don't we? in the word of God and church life. Apostles could govern, but not until the prophets guided them into what to govern. No, the prophets don't need to guide them into what to govern. They can do that themselves. So it's kind of crazy how people think and how to govern it. Do we get them in? So the first one is pastors, guard, govern, pastors, Guard, ground, are we good? Apostles, govern, guided, <laughs> govern, and govern. Okay. So Dr. Bill Haven was on to say, thus we can see the unscriptural and impractical nature of such limiting notions of the fivefold ministries because we can all, the whole fivefold ascension ministry can flow together. You can have an apostolic anointing such as Pastor Dave and he pastors the church, right? So we can have an evangelist and that evangelist may be called to pastor a church for a season. We can have an apostle who all he does is, is prophesy like the prophet. But that may be his role for a season and vice versa. So we don't want to put them, this is what the apostle does. This is what the prophet does. This is what the teacher does. This is what the pastor does and keep them in that limiting box, right? Because say with me, I have all of the Godhead on the inside of me. So whether you're in the ascension gift or whatever area you're operating in, you have all of the resources of the kingdom of heaven already on the inside of you. You may be called to a particular thing. Paul, I'm called to be an apostle. So you could be called to be a, a particular thing, but you can still have all of the ministry gifts working and operating in your life. One may be stronger than the other, but nevertheless, whenever you need them, you can have them. Does that make sense? All right, so um, biblical principle of interpretation. Whatever was established in the Old Testament remains proper as a principle or practice unless New Testament does away with it. God has changed the ways for humanity to relate to himself, but the God that had spoken through his prophets since the days of Adam is the same God that speaks through his prophets in the New Testament. Therefore, the privileges and ministries and authority that the prophets had in the old were not deleted in the new and can be properly used as examples concerning what church prophets can do. So in other words, what happened in the old, the way God spoke to the prophets, God still speaks to the prophets that same way today. So it's a reflection of the old, 
brought into the new. So prophets are still in the New Testament. Jesus Christ, our prophet. It stops at whatever? Biblical principle of interpretation. Biblical principle of interpretation. Okay, so whatever was established in the Old Testament remains proper as a principle or practice unless the New Testament does away with it. We don't saf- sacrifice lambs anymore, right? So we've done away with that. That was under the old. We don't do that in the new. Okay, so God has changed the ways for humanity to relate to himself, but that God has spoken through his prophets. So some of the ways God relates to his people are different now because we have the Holy Spirit. Right? They didn't have the Holy Spirit back in those days. God had to use the prophets. Today, we all have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can speak to each one of us individually and corporately. So he speaks to his people a little bit differently through the power of the Holy Spirit. So take a look at the scripture in Hebrews 1.1. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. And then in 1 Corinthians um, 1228, it says, God has appointed first apostles and then secondary prophets. So these are New Testament scriptures. Luke 11, verse 49, says that, therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles. So God is still sending prophets and apostles. Does that make sense? But we're not to limit them. We're not to limit them. Um, So if God sends a prophet in here to us, we don't want to limit Isabel. Because Isabel comes in as a prophet But then she comes in as a powerful teacher, (laughs) right? So some of the teachings that she gave the last time she was here, I'm still chewing on them. And I still hear, don't let the monkeys out. You know, I still hear that in my head, you know, all the time. And so, and even my son will catch me if I go to say something, don't let the monkeys out, you know. And something had happened to my mom just recently. And boy, the monkeys wanted to come out in me. And so, so much so that when I picked her up to take her to go handle the situation, she says, you don't have to come in with me. <laughs> and I said, you don't want me to come in with you? <laughs> I, I've, had a night, I've had a night to sleep on it, you know. I was fuming, you know. <laughs> I was going to lose my, like I was, I was getting my New York swagger on, you know. I was going to lose my Christianity for a minute, and the monkeys were like running circles in my belly, you know. Because I was going to go tell them what I thought about them. Right, And how they treated my mom was unjustified and uncalled for. And I was ready to give my speech when I got in there. She says, now you don't have to come in with us. And she tries slipping me some money into my wallet. Here, this is for the gas, you know. No, mom, I don't want that. And I, I, you know, I, you don't want me to go in there with you, do you? And she looks at me and she says, no. <laughs> oh, she remembers, she remembers the day. And I said to her, I said, no, mom. I said, I'm going to come in with you. I said, I won't embarrass you. I said, I promise I won't embarrass you. (laughs) I said, I've had a night to sleep on it. I'm going to be okay. (laughs) I said, but I'm going to come in and let them know that the company that they use has given given them a bad reputation and a bad name and that they should probably choose a different company to work for. I said, I'll be cordial. I said, but I have to go. I said, Jesus would defend you. You know, and Roseanne had that powerful message that Saturday afternoon, you know, Jesus, our defender. And so this was Saturday morning before I heard the message. And so I said to my mom, I said, he, he's, he, he wants to defend you. He defends us, mom. He wants us to stick up for ourselves, you know. So I went in. I was very nice, wasn't I? I didn't let the monkeys out. <laughs> but I almost did. So what I'm getting at is that Isabel is a prophet and she's a teacher. And when you've got a teacher that teaches a message such as Pius taught today, then those things resonate with you long after the message was heard 
right? Have you ever had that? Long after the message was delivered, you're still thinking about it and you're still chewing on it and you're still meditating on that word that was delivered to you and you're, and you're breaking it down. Okay. So <clears throat> I got kind of t- off on a little tangent there. Okay. So where did I leave off? So old, we're on number C. Old Testament prophets prove that New Testament prophets can govern. And so here's some examples. And we had Pius told us this morning that Abraham was a priest before he was ever a prophet. Moses was a priest before he was ever a prophet. That was a good message, Pius. All right. So here's some examples. Number one, and I, is this a fill-in in your book? Okay. So Abraham as a prophet, Genesis 20, verse 7, he pioneered and fathered the Jewish people. He was the, hand, the head of hundreds of servants born and raised up under his ministry. Number two, Moses as a prophet. He led over three million people out of bondage, and then he was a senior pastor over that bunch for 40 years. <laughs> Long time. Samuel was a prophet, 1 Samuel 3.20. He was the judge over the whole nation of Israel. He founded the schools of the prophets, established them in cities throughout Israel, and he was the head of his own ministerial association and anointed and ordained other prophets for ministry. He was bishop and overseer of the company of prophets that he established during his day, and that's found in 1 Samuel 19 and verse 20. David as a prophet, Acts 2, 29 and 30, he was king and administrator over all the affairs of the nation of Israel. Joseph was probably a prophet because he had dreams and he interpreted dreams and eventually was made overseer of the nation of Egypt. Daniel was a prophet, uh, Matthew 24, verse 15. He was made president and overseer of all the princes in the great Babylonian empire. And then here's my favorite, Jesus as a prophet. He established the New Testament church and he continues to give headship and directives to the New Testament church. He administers the affairs of the church. And he goes on to say this is a small list, but should be sufficient to show that God has invested much more ability within his prophets than just enough to make them a mouthpiece for guidance. So we're more than just for guidance. Prophets can establish, prophets can train, prophets can mentor, prophets can lead. Um, they can do all of the fivefold ministry ascension gifts. Amen. We need the prophets in the house. So we need Isabel to come. We need her to come. So we have wonderful pastors that allow that type of ministry to come in and minister to their people. You don't find that in every church where they allow people like Isabel to come in. Um, they, she bring, we bring in Jennifer Costell, powerful evangelist for the kingdom of God. And so she comes in and she ignites our fire. We, we leave out of here thinking about, we got to go out and put our swagger on. You know, we got to be like Jennifer. We got to be voiceful and we've got to be powerful in what we say. Um, so we don't want to put them in a box. So apostles and prophets are foundational. Say that with me. They're foundational. Okay. So we need them in the church. Ephesians 2.20 reveals that the church is to be built upon the foundational ministries of both the apostle and prophet. And I think this is a fill-in for you. God's true apostles and prophets, they're not in competition with one another. We know that God hates that. So God hates for someone to desire and be jealous over Pastor Dave and want what he's got, jealously speaking. Um, God... God doesn't like it if we're jealous because we want what we want to be what Isabel has. We we are our own. 
We are our own person, and we have to be comfortable in our own skin the way that God is called to use us. Our characteristics and our personalities are different. One may be called to, to be a prophet. The other may be called to be a prophet, but this one moves totally different from somebody else. So we had this woman who used to come to the church um, and minister. And she was from Long Island. Her husband, his name was Greg Balin. And she would come, and she was so, her husband was so boisterous, and he was, a, he was a prophet, and he was so boisterous, and she was so quiet, and sit there on the front row, and her legs crossed, and do you remember, Mom? She, real, real petite kind of lady, but man, when she grabbed the microphone, she was a fireball. Like, you didn't know what happened. Like, you were, you were shocked. Like, your head would be thrown back because you weren't ready for what she had to say out of her mouth. She was like a firebrand, where he was gentle and he was a big guy like he was way bigger than her and he was gentle like a bear and he would weep when he gave prophetic words and she would come like a fireball and tell you like it is and then she'd go back and sit down cross her legs and was quiet the rest of the service like crazy right but they were both called to the prophetic ministry but each one operated differently you see that yeah <laughs> yeah okay all right, so we're not to be in competition with one another. They were designed to complement one another. So that husband and wife complemented one another. Um, there was another uh, ministry that used to come into the church, and um, he would come in. Let me get this right, Mom. They would come in, and she would sing, and he would interpret. Okay, so she would come in, and so he would normally come in, and he would teach the word, and then um, he would prophesy. And so... Um, she would sing. So she would, let's say she goes to Vicki, and she would sing in the spirit over Vicki, prophesying. Beautiful. And then he would come in, and he would interpret that prophetic song. And that's how they ministered together. It was unique, and it was beautiful. So, and it, what it did was it caused you to want to sing. <laughs> it caused you, so you wanted to catch it. You wanted to catch that, because then you wanted to sing in the spirit, and you wanted to prophesy like that, too. You know, so that was beautiful. So they complimented one another. They weren't jealous over one another. See how that works? So when you have teachers in the church, and in this church we have several, several that can teach. So we don't want to be jealous over one another. We want to compliment one another. Amen. So we want to flow together with one another and not be envious over one another, but our gifts and our callings should build upon each other. Amen. That's that that brings the blessing and the anointing of God. Amen. All right. So, C. Am I am I right now? Okay. There are two ministries Jesus said would be persecuted and rejected. The most by the old religious order. I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute. And that's Luke 11:49. And there is a lot of prophets right now that are being highly persecuted because they're taking a stand over our nation and over our country. I can talk a little bit about Tim Sheets. I can talk about Dutch Sheets and how persecution has arised. Um, but they're faithful to God to stand. And so we'll see this persecution increase as you're willing to stand and be the apostle or, or the prophet that God has called you to be. In any ministry, we're going to begin to see persecution in the church. Ah, but Paul says be glad and rejoice <laughs> when that happens. Okay, so D, the apostles can prophesy guidance, gifts, and ministries. Just as prophets can govern and be heads of ministries, apostles can prophesy guidance, gift, and ministries. An example, Paul laid hands on Timothy and prophesied his gifts and his ministry. So I remember I was um, placed into ministry by a prophetic presbytery. We don't do that very often anymore. It's kind of been 
kind of been done away with. I've not seen that in a while, a prophetic presbytery. But that's how I was placed in ministry was like that. So apostles can prophesy guidance and gifts in ministries. That's a fill-in for you. Just as prophets can govern and be heads of ministry, apostles can prophesy guidance, gifts, and ministries. And an example of that would be Paul. He laid hands on Timothy and prophesied his gifts and his ministry. Amen? All right. Did I go over everything for you? I did. We're going to stop there. I have a lengthy um, activation that we're going to do. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Look at your neighbor and say, I am called. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to give me revelation of that call. Yeah. So it's so funny. I was, um, I shared with Becky. Um, she was sharing with me about her new song that she's got coming up this uh, next Sunday. And um, I'd given her this Charles Capps book and, uh, and about the healing scriptures in this book. And that's what brought that back to my attention. And I've been, and I've been listening to Charles Capps and listening to that. And so, um, I mean, God will give you revelation when he wants you to do something. And so I thought, huh, I should maybe, I should maybe buy some more of those books. I should buy some more so that I can give them away. And Holy Spirit says, why don't you just write one? I'm like, oh, why don't I just write one? That's clever. That's great thinking. Yeah, I can do that. So I said, I can do this. I went and got my laptop and I pulled it out and I started writing. And so I said, yeah, I can make my own like that. So God will give you the revelation when God wants you to do something. Say with me, he'll give me the revelation when he wants me to do something. And when he calls you to do something, he will equip you to do it. So everything that you have need of, God will give to you so that you can do the very thing that God has called you to do. Amen. Say with me, greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. Okay. So remember what Pius said this morning, you are a priest. We are priests unto God. Yeah. It's powerful. Okay. So I have four people. Veronica, Cortina, Wesley, and Pastor Tim. So if you could come up here. Yeah. We're going to do a corporate activation, so we're going to move from here to the back. Yep. And you, you four can have a seat right there. All right. So I'm going to start with Gianna. And Gianna, and we're going to go back. So we're going to count and go back. And then we're going to come back up here and count and go back. Okay? Instead of going across. All right. So you'd be number one. We're going to count to four. Okay. Not you, Tim. Nope. Mabel first. One. Then, then, then you. Two. Yep. Then you. Three. And we're coming back up. Four. You're four. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, no. She's four. She's one. Two. Three. Three. Okay. Then we got one, two, three, four, and one. Okay. Everybody remember your number? Okay. So, Tim. You're number four. So all the number fours need to follow Pastor Tim back to a table. That's okay. That's who you got to minister to. You're number four. Look. Team four. Tim is team four. Uh, Veronica is team one. Yeah, any table. 
And your team two, Cortina. So if you're number two, go with Cortina. And if you're number three, you're going to go with Wesley. Okay, so find a chair. If there's not enough chairs, you can pull up another seat. So number ones, number twos, and threes, get with your leader. Veronica, what number are you? Your, no, on the front, your team what? Team number four. Your team number? No, no. <laughs> your team one, <laughs> yes. Your team four. All right, so leaders. Look on the back of your cards. Turn your card over that I just gave you. Okay. On the back, it should say Veronica. So Veronica is team number one. And Veronica's team is going to give a word to team number four. Who is team number four? Where's four? Four. So this team is going to give this team a word. Does that make sense? Now, Tim, who's your team? Three. Number three, who's three? Wesley. Are you number three? So then this team is going to give Wesley's team a word. Okay? What's on the back of your card? Two. So then you're going to give team two a word. So every team is going to receive a prophetic word. Does that make sense? Okay. So take a look at the ones you're going to prophesy to that you're going to give the word to. All the way to the end. Now, there's a couple things I want you to do in doing this activation. So we're going to base the activation on Matthew 7, 15 through 20. And that's, you'll know them by the fruits of the Spirit. So I need for you, when you're teaming up together for the Word, you want to ask the Lord, what is the season that they're walking in right now? The second thing I want you to ask for, what is the promise that they can hold on to? And it's on, it's on Veronica's card. So it's on your team leader's cards. And then I want you to minister to them on the particular fruit that God is dealing in their life. Okay? Because you'll know them by the fruits of the Spirit. Yep. Yep, Tim's got it there. What is the season? What is the season? What does this season hold for them? So when they're praying and seeking the word of the Lord for this team, they're asking the Lord, what season is this team in? And what, and what is the promise that God wants you to hold on to? Yep. As a team, as a team, as a corporate word. Yep. As a, and then, Veronica, there's paper and pencils. Yep. And so every team leader, when they're done... With putting the word together, every team will give the other team their word on the microphone so we can record it. Okay? So there's paper right here on Cortina's desk. Each person gets a piece of paper, and you want to write what Holy Spirit tells you, and then you're going to put it into a word of prophecy. It's for the team, for the whole team, corporately. Yep, it's going to go to that table. Yep, it's going to go to that whole table. Nope. Nope. So you're going to look at the whole table. You'll see Pastor Pius down there, Wesley, Norman, Carolyn. So that, that group. All right. 
you know, and you can always start your prophetic word to that group like, and I hear the Lord is saying to you, to this group. Mm -hmm. And it's going to minister to the whole body. Okay. Amen. I'm going to come join you.
we doing? Are we done? Veronica, are you done? Almost. Yes, you're done. Uh, Pastor Tim, are you done? No? You need a couple more minutes? Okay. Cortina, a couple more minutes?
probably been teaching. Tyus has probably been teaching Norman. Um, when they teach, sometimes I can feel, I'm like, I feel them pulling it from me. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, then the preaching anointing comes out of me. It's like because like they're pulling it out of me. You know, I can feel it. Do you ever feel that when you're teaching? People are pulling off you. Feel it? Yeah. How we doing? Are we ready? We're all ready. Okay, so we are going to record. Is my Diane up there? Give me a thumbs up when you're when you're ready. Okay. So we're going to start down here at this table, and I'm going to pass the microphone to Prophet Wesley from the Jerusalem Council. <laughs> Amen. So we have a word for Team Two. All right. God bless you. I'm looking at this sheet, and I see how much the Lord loves you. Amen. All right. So we begin with the question for team two. What does this season hold for you? And first of all, this season holds preparation. And after preparation, this season also holds separation. All right. Building. And then expectation. And then growth. And why preparation, separation, expectation, and growth? It's because there's change coming. The fields are white and ready for harvest. God is ready to reap the harvest through you. And God is leading you to where the crops are ripened. This is a time, a springtime awakening and regeneration is happening. Thus your preparation. All right. In reference to Romans chapter 1 verse 13, you are those who have planned to go forth previously but were hindered or held back until now. Now you will have fruit amongst the people the favor of the Lord is upon you and the Lord will fill you with his joy with respect to the fruit you will have discernment with respect to the fruit you will exercise patience and long-suffering. Remember, good trees shall bring forth good fruit. And also remember that you are good trees, and so you shall be fruitful with good fruit yourselves. And the Lord says, be faithful in small things. And you'll be promoted to rule over much. And finally, for your discernment, remember that there are many prophets and speakers, but we must discern the fruit they show. So beware of prophets which come in sheep's clothing, 
but are inwardly ravening wolves seek to protect the sheep as you're looking for a harvest amongst them. I will be. Okay, so this is going to be for um, this is going to be for team number one, and um, there was so much there was so much said. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're team. Oh, oh, okay. Team one. I mean, it was just so much said. I just hope that um, this covers everything. So, what does this season hold for team number one? Um, stand in the truth of God's word. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. The Lord will bring you joy, grace, revival, reformation, restoration, and most of all, regeneration. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hence, renovation, regeneration, the production of, new, of a new life consecrated to God, a radical change of mind for the better um, is the regeneration. So this is what we are saying to you um, as far as your season. As far as the promise, James 4, 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and have a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that doeth go, he is that that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy 31, 8, and the Lord, he will go before thee. Psalm 138, 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth you. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hand. Most of all, the Lord has put a word in your spirit. So use the word that God has given you. According to Matthew twenty-eight twenty, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This is for Team Four. Here are the words for the season that you are walking in. Patience, gentleness, beacon, lighthouse, bronze serpent, renewed strength, shade from the sun, covering, shield, and secret place. All right, so be refreshed by these words from the Lord. All hail King Jesus. Do not be discouraged, for our God has overcome. You will overcome in him and through him. 
There is hope no matter the circumstances. The God of hope is on your side. And I am revealing secrets in scripture to you with knowledge. Remember, you will not fail at any turn. You will not experience crop failure because I will never go back on my word. This season is the time of your prayers being answered and promises being fulfilled. I have called and ordained you for this time. You are mine. I will make streams and rivers for you in order to refresh you in this season that you are walking through. Do not be concerned or dismayed about the challenges that you have already gone through or may be going through at this time because I've prepared you. You have the fruit of long suffering that is allowing you to glorify me. Can you perceive what I am doing? I have equipped you to be strong. You will not fail, fall, or turn back because I am with you and will never fail you. Even your enemies will be at peace with you. And here is the promise that the Lord has given to you. You will overcome in me, so don't be discouraged. Is there anything too hard for me? What has been meant for evil will be turned for good. Watch and see what I will do. I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. When you go through trials and tribulations, be patient, knowing that I am with you when you go through the waters. I have given you many angels that are shielding and surrounding you. I will continually lift you up with my righteous right hand. You are strong because you have my might. All right, so this is for table one, right? Let's make sure, or three. Oh, team three, team three, here we go. All right. All right, so um, the prophetic word is, this is your season for an amazing, to go deeper, um, deeper levels of intimacy with God. It says, into me you see. That's what we want to see. We want to see more of God, right? That as you grow, filled with the fruit of the Spirit and wisdom, you will bear much fruit uh, for this season, a season of fruitfulness because you have chosen to abide in me. And he emphasized it's because you have chosen to do that. And the promise is God has promised, promised you that as a lighthouse guides ships to safety and also those um, whom God prunes, who abides in him, you will keep your eyes on him. He will bring you to safety because God is not a man that he should lie and his word will not return to him void. As you behold him and are changed into his likeness, he has promised to enlarge your, uh, the place of your habitation and he will fill it. He will come and fill it. us moving together and what Wesley said it perfectly when he said about the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15 so it gets us working together prophetically into one stream to produce a prophetic word for a group of people Isn't that beautiful yeah were you ministered to it was awesome so we stand with me if you would 
And let's, let's grab a hold of your neighbor's hand. And Philip, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. Would you do that for me? I'm going to give you the microphone. All right, everyone bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we come to you this day, and we thank you um, for allowing us to be your vessels today to bring forth your words and to encourage your people. We pray that you will bless all of us as we go our separate ways, that you will um, surround us with your angels on the highways, and you'll keep us throughout the week and, and bless us in all that we do according to your name. Um, we thank you in advance for everything that you have in store for us, and we pray that all that was prophetically given to us will be uh, made so. In Jesus' name, amen.